Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. First order of business this morning appears to be a lesson in geography, but if that isn't really your thing, hang in there and you'll soon see that the kind of map we're about to pull up here is much greater than anything you can find on Google. Jesus arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Mark tells us right before our reading. That's a pretty big trip. Over 100 miles away from Jerusalem, basically north. No direct shot either. Mountains everywhere. That's a trip. Like a student going off to college, apparently it was time to leave home base for a while. Of course, we all know something about getting away, don't we? My Younger brother was raised in the same farmlands of Indiana that I was, but only one visit to San Diego when he was 18 was enough for him to pack up his bags and head out west. I was bit by the Cali bug, he told me after returning, and off he went. Other movements of ours, however, are much more subtle, or if we're honest, downright devious the ways we can create some space between spouses, the ways we can put some pretty harsh room between roommates. The going gets tough and we flee like a bird to our own mountain. I'm heading out. Be by myself. Catch me if you can. But with our Lord, it's just the opposite. While we're busy chasing after our own geographical cures, he has a much different itinerary in mind, not counting equality with God something to be white-knuckledly held on to, he packed up his bags and came to live right in the mess we've made of ourselves. We saw that again this morning with this Tyre and Sidon, rich, coastal places, very pretty, you can go there, but also wicked. Six o'clock news places very ugly. Music and money, yes, lots of it. And the streets smell like vomit. You know, the kind of place that can really only be outdone by the greed and vileness of our own hearts, into which our Lord gladly goes to bring us out of those dirty depths we've dug for ourselves. And then, Mark writes, he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee up to the middle of the region of the Decapolis. North, then a hard right, then another hard right, then miles and miles south, closer to home now, yes, but overshooting home, to end up right in the middle of the Decapolis, a region of Ten cities, Decapolis, ten city. Amazingly, Mark tells us right before this that all this traveling around was meant to be undercover, like a pastor reaching for the plain polo. Our Lord didn't want anyone to know where he was. Tyre, Sidon, the Decapolis, I won't be bothered here. Look at all these people on the front lines. They have it all, just watch them all go. And what does he find there? People who need Jesus. Tyre, 
the Decapolis, California, Wisconsin, Concordia, UWM, lifelong members and first-timers at Luther Memorial Chapel, people who need Jesus. That's what makes him so great, by the way. No matter where he went, Mark writes, he could not be hidden. It just wasn't possible, as if Jesus himself couldn't even stop it. When I was on sabbatical last year, someone suggested I put up an auto-calculated out-of-office for each day of the entire year. I'll respond to your email in 237 days. We choose when and where to be available. But Jesus has no out-of-office. On his schedule is everything, everyone, everywhere, and that's what makes him Jesus. Even and especially when he's on the move. He makes sure that the hem of his garment is low enough for even the weakest to lay hold of it, always keeping his ears open to hear even the faintest of your prayers and always making his touch reach even the lowest of your lows. That's how he goes. So it is that they brought to Jesus a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him, earnestly pleading to lay his hand on him. The Decapolis had it all. But all wasn't good enough. Whatever it is that's caught your attention lately, if it's not Jesus, it will not do for you what you ultimately need. The best ear doctors and the best speech therapists, after all, that the Decapolis had to offer couldn't come close to providing the kind of hearing and speaking that only our Lord can give. Take physical contact out with, with Jesus out of the equation, and both your hearing and your speaking will suffer. One of the main reasons ear doctors might recommend ear tubes for children is for the sake of their speaking. Hearing, inseparable from speaking. And the same goes in the kingdom of God. The more we're on the run from our Lord, the more our ears and our mouths both, like this deaf and mute man, will close up. Then we start listening to lunacy. Then we start speaking cultural cliches. Then, before too long, we're not really hearing or saying much of anything at all. Then we're basically deaf and mute a doubly deadly diagnosis that destroys even the best of marriages, friendships, congregations, and universities. So they brought the deaf and mute man to Jesus. Notice more movement. Away from all the distractions that could keep you from him, away from all the excuses that could keep you from him, away from the self-constructed safe havens, that could keep you from him, away from delighting and despair, that could keep you from him. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd to himself, he cast his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and the chain of his tongue was released, and he spoke orthodoxly. 
No matter how many kids there are on the playground, there's something special about a mother knowing immediately that her child fell off the monkey bars and needs some one-on-one care. The kind of healing our Lord has come to bring you this day is tailor-made just for you, geared specifically for the monkeying around that's gotten the best of you. That's why our Lord takes this man away from the crowds. In our playbook, it's just the opposite. The pressure builds and we flee to the masses. Get as many on your side as possible. Mob mentality. But Jesus pulls us out of our strength and numbers delusion and deals with us individually. My children love doing things together as a family, but each one of them will still regularly ask me for some one-on-one time with Dad. It's a great thing. Our Lord doesn't settle for anything less than up close and personal with you for what you need right here, right now, at this time. Because when our Lord places his hand upon us here, individually in this place, whether at the font, in absolution, at the rail, he goes to the source of the problem and puts himself there. That's the geographical cure that he's after. He doesn't wink and smile at us from down the street. He puts his life on the line. He travels to the scariest of places, the regions dark and deep, where we need him to go. And there he goes to heal us and restore us and to win victory for us even over death. The reason his spit comes up here and that it can cure is because he will bring forgiveness to all of us by being spat on himself. The reason his fingers bring healing when he casts them into this man's ears is because Jesus himself will be cast through with nails and spear. After all, this man's eardrums will one day go bad again, as will ours. His tongue will eventually dry up again too, just like ours will. But the healing our Lord gives him and us with similarly frail ears and tongues is a foretaste of the resurrection of the body ears and tongue included, and the life everlasting. When this healing was complete, Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they preached it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. You remember how Jesus didn't want his whereabouts to be known, but he couldn't stop it because he's always on the clock. Well, he didn't want this word to spread either. But this word about him, all the things he's done so well then and all the things he continues to do well right now, so important, so powerful, then and now that God will make sure that it spreads and presses on where and, will, where and when he pleases, as if once again not even Jesus can stop it. And at the end of the day, that's okay with him. Dear friends in Christ, here at Luther Memorial Chapel, the geographical cure that you need is right here. It happens at the place where our Lord goes to have physical contact with you, and that journey of his is complete here in this place. This morning, we gather up all of our self-sufficient tires and side-ons. 
we gather up all of the pseudo-safe havens that we picked up at the Decapolis, and we lay them at our Lord's feet. And if you still have a hand free, well, then bring along the parenting problems, the anxieties about academics, and any other fear and frailty you can find, and cast these all on him too, because he cares for you. And then, and then, we are touched by him once again. As he comes into contact with our lives that may not be as pretty as we'd like them to be, we depart this place knowing that our real life is caught up with him, come what may. There's just one slight difference between us and the deaf and mute man that you should keep in mind. When our Lord places his hand upon our tongues in the meal we are about to receive, we go forward not with the command to be silent and hold those tongues, but instead with the joyful invitation to use our lips to sing his glory, our tongues his mercy to proclaim, throats to shout the hope that fills us, mouths to speak his holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.